0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, AM member FDSE. Yeah, good morning. We're live from the Junior Water Polo Grand Finals at PLC. Gary, you enjoying it, mate, watching uh, the junior talent?
1: Oh, I love it. I was here two weeks ago for... We we're here, sorry, for the major semifinals, and, I oh, look, fantastic today, and, yeah, really enjoy it. I'm not, not a great uh, knowledgeable person in relation to Water Polo, but um, but certainly enjoying the the last couple of times we've been here.
0: Yeah, so this next game, it's Wyong, who've already won a grand final today. And congratulations to their club, because like most junior clubs on the coast, they went through some periods where player retention was really difficult. And they won the under-16s earlier, and now they've got a chance here in the under-12 mixed. They'll take on the Woi Woi mixed team. And you can see the difference in players. Like, some have a real growth spurt by the time they're under 12. And then others are pint-sized.
1: Which, uh, I'll throw this back to you, Steve. So, does the, the size of the athlete make a big difference in water polo?
0: Well, I think at one stage they looked at... So, let's say the women's teams that won medals at the Olympic Games... If you put them all on the scales, and you don't want to put women on the scales, but there was a stat that came out that the three heaviest teams won medals at the Olympics. So size does matter. Uh, and wingspan, uh, leg strength, like if you look at the prototype coming out, like the men's game, like those, uh, the best countries in the world are Croatia and Serbia. Uh, Hungary, I think they won three world championships in a row. They are huge. Absolutely enormous. So, I think the prototype for men is, you know, six four, six five, or bigger, and then some real size. So, if you have a talk to people around water polo, some of our best players could be rugby union players or rugby league players. If you could get them to come and try water polo, yeah. Like if you're a big presence, because it's so dominated by a centre forward game. Yeah. So the and yeah, Matt's back in the studio. He loves basketball. Very similar. So you're moving the ball around a mushroom or around the D. You're trying to get it to someone big inside to do some real damage. And in this game, you get ejections. So quite often, you've got a six-on-five opportunity. And
1: And swimming, the swimming component of it?
0: Well, once upon a time, and this is decades ago, like if you spoke to people around the Australian team, every swimmer would be around a 55 or faster for 100. So that is absolutely motoring. A lot of people wouldn't go sub one minute. So you, you need speed, but it's swim and wrestle. Yeah. And it's serious wrestling because, you yeah, you might be wrestling with someone who's over 100 kilos. So, no, it's an awesome sport, and uh, it's been great to watch the skills at this junior level. That's the other thing. If you look at the Europeans compared to the Australians, now we just had a really disappointing World League. Their skill level, their skill level is just so far superior. Yeah, in the Mediterranean they've got water polo goals like we've got footy fields. Yes. So, yeah, they live and breathe it over there and, and proofs in the pudding. Yep. Hey, let's get to I don't know whether Matt's got it back at headquarters, but it's called Butts' Top Three. We do have an intro for it. Let's see if Matty let's see if Matty's got it. Buetz top three. <laughs> That's uh. the version that was supposed to hit the cutting room floor. Buet's <laughs> Love <laughs> uh, Buttes' top three done by Gary Birkinshaw. What have we got?
1: Right out? Yeah. We're going to start with Matt Graham. Uh, Matt obviously got uh, another bronze back-to-back bronze in Kazakhstan um, to end the World Cup. So he had five podium finishes during the year. come fourth overall in, in the in the Moguls, second in the Moguls and, and fifth in the uh, in the duel. So fantastic there. so obviously the highlight was winning the gold at Deer Valley. Number two, the Australian cricket team. They've actually, <laughs> after being hammered, after uh, the first two tests, they actually turned their tour around. From that moment on, they won the Test series 1-0, and then just recently won the One Day series 2-1. So, full credit to them to turn the whole year, the whole uh, tour around. Yeah, Imagine, name,
0: name some names. Uh, who played? Who played well?
1: Well, the two standouts, three standouts in the One Day were Mitch Marsh, thrown in to open the batting, it was just dynamic at the top. Will uh,
0: you ever see Warner back at opener? No.
1: Should should never see Warner back as opener in any short did, form. Did
0: he come in at four? Four batted
1: four. Not sure there's a spot for David Warner now in our, in our short form cricket anymore. Mitchell Stark showed that he is one of the best fast bowlers in in white ball cricket. I think that we've ever seen. That second one day, I think he took five wickets, but some of those in swinging yorkers were just unplayable.
0: Well, one of the best we've ever seen.
1: One of the best we've ever seen that, in white ball cricket.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And Adam Zampa continues to, to shine. Four wickets in the, in the last. Uh, one day uh, turned the game with the ball continues to get good batsmen out which is very very special so well done to them only thing I would have said is that maybe they need to look at their preparation going before in the lead up to test where you go over to a, to a foreign country different wickets and you think that you can go into the first test without any practice matches is folly and it just shows, I think, in their performance at the back end of the yeah, tour.
0: Gee, I tell you, Guru, the Australian cricket team, they've been under the microscope on this show, haven't they?
1: But just goes to show, I think, is how, how passionate we are about our cricket sides. And you know, we're building in now, all the talk's going to be, we've got the Ashes coming up at the back end of the year, followed by a 50-over a, a World Cup. So they'll be even under even more scrutiny as they come across baseball, which will be very, very interesting to see how that turns out. And my number one, we spoke about it earlier on, but I can't go past the Entrance Cricket Club. Uh, the dominant cricket performer uh, in, the, in the cricket season, won the first great uh, premiership, went through undefeated. The T20 made the final of the one day up, won the club championship, had the most dominant player in the competition in Brock Hardy. So I certainly can't go past them as my number one uh of the top three this
0: week, yeah, love it. Hey, uh, we were talking about water polo just a few moments ago. The one thing I didn't say with the Europeans compared to the Australians is they're professional leagues. Yeah. We're a bunch of really enthusiastic, enthusiastic amateurs who love the game, but over there, there's numerous professional leagues where they'll pack out stadiums. So that's the key to it. You've got the world's best players playing in some of those European leagues. So
1: over there you would say that they would have have soccer or football as they call it and then you probably have the water polo probably underneath that where we've got football codes that are our major. They've got football then them water polo is treated yeah, is so, that high.
0: Yeah and the other thing we need to say like in the men's game it's the oldest Olympic team sport. Right. So it's been around for over 100 years in the Olympics. Right. Yeah, whereas the women only came in in the year 2000 where we won. Right. So, yeah, it's got lots of tradition in those European nations.
1: So speaking about the Olympics, though, Steve, is that so Brisbane are going to host the Olympics in 2032. How do you think we're going to go if the lights go out in the Olympic <laughs> Stadium like they did at the Gabba last night?
0: That was unbelievable, and it's happening in cricket.
1: It happened in the, the big match the Brisbane heat, two years ago, I think they said. 20, oh, 2019, sorry. It went back a bit earlier than that, but and, yeah.
0: And, you know, I was talking to you and Matt back at headquarters down the line that suddenly Melbourne make a late run against Brisbane. I mean, I thought it was all over, and I, I thought that actually called the game because, yeah, it was a bit of a debacle, wasn't it?
1: Yeah, so it was 40, 43 points in front. Uh, uh, Brisbane were over Melbourne and, and dominated the game. So there was 12 minutes to go in the game in the, in the final quarter when, when the lights went out. Now Under the AFL rules, they've got 60 minutes to start the game. So they've gone out. I think they went back into the change room. It was 30 minutes before they come back out. So then they got started really effectively two minutes after they decided they were going to get started, straight into it, when the third light tower come on. And the last 12 minutes, I think Brisbane was still in the shed or still certainly certainly in the shadows because the next 12 minutes or more importantly, the next 10 minutes... Melbourne have kicked five goals to nothing to get the score back to within two goals with two minutes to go. So from what everyone was just going, well how let's just get this twelve minutes over and done with. The last two minutes was from a Brisbane Lions perspective, we've got to get we've got to get going. We could lose this game that we shouldn't wish we, should, we were winning quite comfortably. So yeah. So they ended up hanging on. And it
0: sounds like Bulldogs versus the West Tigers exactly. last su- last Sunday at Belmore Sports Ground. We need to talk about Carlton before the end of the show. Uh, the Cats 0-2. Unbelievable. Hey, by the way, the Catch-Up podcast comes out later on today, and you can also listen to SEN, your home of sport, via the Apple CarPlay. Simply download the app. I mean, I'm sure that's how you do it. I do as well. So if you've got Apple CarPlay, make sure you listen to the show. Take it with you on the road. Back in a few moments, Steve-O's Sportsperson of the Week is coming up next on Saturdays on the Coast.